Thanks for listening to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. My name is Mark, this week and this week only. And for only this week, I am also joined by... Horu Horse. And... Miles, a.k.a. What is... All right, the, how do I like... Why do I have to backtrack and explain our introduction? The first voice you heard is Jackie. Hi, Hello, ja- hi, I'm Jackie. Jackie. And that was Miles for... A.k.a. What is that? You sound like one of those... It's my nickname. Like Professor Brothers or whatever. <laughs> my nickname's... It's, it's really not. No one's called you that. And we are JoJo's Bizarre Nobody's Podcast. called me that since high school. <laughs> and we are a podcast that talks about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Specifically, the anime. Specifically, yes, the TV, the, anime. the TV anime that's been running. You stole my thunder. Well, because um, you say the same thing every time. Yeah, it's really boring. And it sounds like you don't know what it's, you're going to say, boring. but you do, because you say the same thing every it, time. It is boring yeah. to you, too, because you hear me say it every week. No, it, it's boring to the listeners, too. They also hear you say it every week. But you're you're like listening. one of those NPR reporters who pretends that what they're saying is spontaneous, but you know it's like scripted perfectly. Okay. Can I do the intros now instead? No. The I'll point, do them better. Guys, <laughs> the reason why you do an intro is so that anybody who drops in and listens to the latest episode but I bet or, I can or do is like, better. I like the whole horse hanged man episode then they know exactly what's going on you know what i mean oh so you don't write a description or anything in soundcloud people don't click that though it's better for the personalities to explain so you want me to just turn this on and go okay we got some emails no you say hello and welcome to jojo's bizarre podcast i'm mark and i'm jackie and i'm miles and then and we're jojo's (laughs) bizarre podcast would you like to know that that we talk about the tv anime jojo's bizarre adventure first of all the process would take five seconds if i didn't get interrupted Not e- maybe not even five seconds. I talk pretty fast. But like when you when you get to the TV anime part, you're like the T. Uh, you know, mostly the TV. That's anime, my style. Not I, the whatever. I, it's casual. I don't write this stuff. It's just me. People listen for our personalities. People, it is Do just like you, this? and it's horrible. They yeah. All right, okay. we got some emails. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, world. It's gonna it's gonna be the Emperor and the Hangman Part Two. Just FYI, that's what we're talking about. Yes, we're, we got over to con- Correspondence Corner by uh, riding on light. Yeah, it's not interesting to do the same thing every episode. <laughs> You're right. We go to and I changed it up this time. I said only this week it's me. I didn't even ask you guys that. I just changed it up, and I'm the bad guy. <laughs> the bad guy. <laughs> This is a hostile podcast. This is the this is the this is the season finale. This is when you know you don't know if we're gonna break up, if the pod's All gonna right. break up. Never seen Miles laugh so hard, and it bothers me that it's at my misery. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. This is uh this is an email from Figus Fittis, our loquacious friend. Is that the word? Uh, Wordy. Uh, sure, 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 sure. But they got good. Uh, this title the title of this email or subject is called Part Five Thoughts. An Mm. observation and a question. Oh. Look at that. Exactly the contents of the email. Hey, gang, this is my third attempt at trying not to write a thesis to you guys. (laughs) I just finished reading part five, and now I can't wait to see it animated. In my opinion, it's essentially Stardust Crusaders, but better, with some of my favorite fights and the best brojo, so far, of this series. And if the ending didn't completely shit itself, it would easily be my favorite part. The Venta Oreo anime cannot come soon enough. 
True. Um, yeah, people love. If we're talking about the, the the brojo that I'm thinking of, people love him. But I read the shitty translation of Part Five, so I I, I have to go back to see the charm. I'm excited about Part Five. Also, keep reading. It sounds like you're going to Figus Fittus. You're going fucking fast, so keep reading. But. Mm-hmm. I love that uh, we browbeat our listeners when they take the time to write long emails, and they still like us. Thanks, listeners. Yeah. They know it's all in fun. Yeah. <laughs> Miles has his own agenda. <laughs> I love the first like eight, seven words of the sentence is, Miles was confused about the word sex. What? Here's the whole thing. Miles was confused about the word sex on that infographic of Ultimate Cars. And since I don't think anyone has chimed uh, in about it yet, allow me to elucidate you with a ooh. translation. What is sex? Essentially, it was <laughs> saying that cars has no need for sex, as the lower the life form, the more offspring they need to produce due to the higher risk of death. So for an immortal, unkillable life form such as cars, sex is useless, and there's no need mm. for any descendants or fellow ultimate beings as there is but only one summit. How do you say sex in Japanese? Six. Really? What? They, they didn't have no, sex they before have the English have, language? They have to have a Japanese word. All right. It was a joke. Okay. <laughs> Mark. Why are, you, why are you being so sensitive? We're here. We're oh here. God. We're roasting you. This like, is like being beaten down. <laughs> why, why, why are you crying? <laughs> By the way. Um, we're bullying Mark. Speaking of group beatdowns, this is not related really at all, but this, oh. this comedian, Ian Edwards, who's from Jamaica, tells this story of this game they would play it as kids, and he couldn't figure out why they would play it. But it was something where, like, one of you would be it, and you'd have to run and touch this tree. And if you didn't touch the tree, if you were the one kid who was, like, tagged, then they all just beat the shit out of you. (laughs) I'll just, like, punch the hell out of you. And he said that one time, so many kids were punching this one kid that he went to hit him and just hit other people's hands. (laughs) (laughs) That's how many hands was on this kid. And the the host was like, why did you play this game? And he's like, I don't know. (laughs) So remember, kids. If there's so many hands that you're hitting hands, you don't need to beat up the kid anymore. That sounds like something out of JoJo's. Don't be a bully. <laughs> like, Star Platinum is ora ora oring, but he's already, like, oraing his own ora, so he's like, I should slow down. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that. what happened to that kid who pissed his pants all the time in part two, or one, or whatever. Oh, yeah, because he's like, I don't want to be afraid anymore. He's like, I want to touch the tree. Uh, and now for a question for Miles and Jackie. What? You've okay. seen how stupidly broken Dio's and Kira's stands and stand abilities were. Mm-hmm. So what stupidly broken stands and abilities do you think the final bosses of future JoJo parts will have? Ugh. Wait. Thanks for all the fun times, guys. You all, all are the best. P.S. Have you heard of the Dojin Dio's Bizarre Adventure? It's even more bizarre, bizarre than George Joestar and it's, and it's glory. And it's glorious. P.P.S. I'm really horny. Ooh. Um, <laughs> So yeah, what can you guys think of any ridiculous stand powers that we might see down the line? I feel like there's got to be something that's like, I mean, I imagine it gets crazier, right? Does it get crazier? <laughs> yeah, it does. It gets crazier. And it's we already stupid. have like, we had Immortals, we had <laughs> fucking Time, which is time. huge. Um, And then we have like Kiro, who's a big mesh of things, but also having to do with time. Yeah. Like time is a big is a big thing. That's well, true. If you can conquer time, I mean, what can stop yeah. you? Yeah. You know? What's more powerful than time? Is there anything more powerful than time? Gravity, space. space. Ah, Gravity is variable though, and it's not it's not ever present. Then again, is time memory? Is there something having to do with memory? Well, think about that it. That would I mean, be scary. Rohan already rewrites your memory, and when he opens your Facebook, I think things related to memory are scary. Mm. 
Well, there's stuff like that, but I like mean, like if you the forget one, who you are, or if you yeah, stuff like that happens. Don't know things. That's scary. There's one standard that's just face blindness, which I think is a real phenomenon, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. That's a cool one. But it's well, I don't know if I might not understand face blindness because I think I did look it up and I was wrong. But it's basically this person can't find a stand user or their friends because everyone looks the same. Hmm. Like they're walking down the street and they all look like this horrible warped face. It's in part eight, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, I can't think of anything. I can't. I can't. I'm not. I'm not Araki. This is why I can't be him. You know, it's it's funny, Figus Fittis, and thanks for your email. And you did a great job. Great job. But it's it's funny that like I want to go to think of something broken and weird, but then I'm like, it doesn't beat part five or <laughs> six. Although six's f- base power is very cool, and it's one that you're kind of like, yeah, I can see that 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 should have happened. Um, is one of the stands just Goku from Dragon Ball? Goku SSJ four. Yeah. Goku Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. AKA Goku Blue. I don't know what these things are oh, anymore. Oh, so let me break it down for you. Uh, uh, okay. SSGSS is where... I don't fucking know. I, I can't understand it. I just play the fighting game and I'm like, cool. He's got blue hair. That's how I know him. You didn't look into like the reasoning behind... To be honest with you, I've read it at least twice and I still don't fucking know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> in part because whoever writes the Dragon Ball Wiki, I'm happy you put in the time, but I don't know what you're saying. So... It's like you, you fuse. No one write in and explain this to me. Do not. You can. Here's what you could do. You could write in and say, "I understand Goku Blue or SSGSS," but don't tell me. It's like you're a Super Saiyan, but you also fuse with a God Saiyan because there's Saiyan gods, and you like eat one. I don't know. I'm still trying to think of something. I know. I'm buying you time. <laughs> what if there was a stand? Because I feel like it has to be like. Just, I'm thinking of like what other things in media are super powerful, like Superman and things like that. Mm. Or some something scary, like um, it can invade your dreams, like Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can never sleep. That would be scary. What was that? That's the oh baby yeah. that just drops balls periodically. Anything having to do with like if you don't sleep, because that's kind of scary too. Mm-hmm. Like in Are You Afraid of the Dark, there was an episode where um, there was an old man who lived in a shack, and if he slept, uh, creatures from the lake would come out and try to kill him, I guess. But he would always like time it so that he would wake up before they, uh, you know, once they reached his door, something like that. What if there was a power where if one specific person fell asleep, then you would be attacked and possibly killed. So you had to figure out who that person was and stop them from falling asleep. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty OP. That would be bad. What if the stand was? You'd your... have to kill that person. No, because that forever. would that would that's sleeping forever. <clears throat> they have to be awake, or it it doesn't. But you'll die if you don't sleep. That's not true. Sure, it is. There really isn't any terminus to what happens if you don't sleep, because you just will eventually do it. Oh. I feel what like future like? future stands are probably for, or or the future bad boss is probably immortal. Also, somehow, I feel like immortality. I'm racking my brain here. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard. I'm not Araki. What Can't do it. if there was a stand that was your parents and could send you to your room, but you uh, didn't have video games in your room? Oh. No. And when you went up there, you forgot how to read, and so you couldn't read books? Maybe they send you back in, like, way back in time. Like, they send you way just to, like, the, a dinosaur's mouth. Is <laughs> like, right into a dinosaur's mouth. Wouldn't that be funny if, like, where we're sitting right now in this apartment, if, like, way back in time, based on the Earth's rotation and stuff, like, you're in a dinosaur's mouth, coincidentally. <laughs> you're like, God damn it. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Thanks. So, yeah, thanks for that email. Um, we can't really think of too much broken stuff, but 
Look, it's out there. Uh, this one is from Hentai Homie, and the subject is just saying hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Sup, guys? So I finally graduated, and I had my prom. Congrats. Congrats on graduating. You did it. Now, go forth and spend tens of thousands of dollars on something that won't matter. Just kidding. College is an important experience, and if you can go, do it. Just study programming on your own, and uh, I don't know if that's what you're interested in, but just do it. Study programming on your own, get a job doing that, and make but tons of money. if you can go to college and like live away from your parents, do that. That's true. But just don't lose your head over it, especially if you're going to go for a degree that isn't a sure thing. What's wrong with living, what's wrong with living near your parents? I think it's a good growing experience to yeah. get away from your parents. It's good oh. to be independent. I think that's one of the best parts about college is figuring that shit out. I feel like I'm I'm already pretty independent from my parents, and I've never really lived far. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't sleep under their roof when you were at your uh, school. True. That's you know what I mean. Like that's the difference. Is like because you also make more um, bonds with people when you don't leave at night. You know, like if you just are always like, hey, see, you, and you drive home, that's not quite the same thing. I thought you were saying like you had to move to a far like, part of no, the country. No, no, no. I, I, know, I moved. I moved. You know, a few hundred miles away. Not even. So. Well, I missed you. No, you didn't. Uh. <laughs> Mark's like well, I didn't get any letters I didn't get any postcards yeah. For prom I had uh, Phone call Sorry It's okay For prom I had interesting attire I wore my new Kira tie And a fedora Have you ever worn Any anime attire in public Also my favorite candy Is Reese's Pieces P.S. I'm horny P.P.S. I finally learned How to swim So maritime Won't be a problem For me anymore Oh right Okay Oh this is the guys Moving to the Bronx Right so yeah, the college stuff you already know. I don't remember what we said, but you already know. PBS Pillarman pose. It's the maritime college in the Bronx. Oh. And it, it it doesn't have anything to do with water, right? It does. It does. Yeah, I'm confused. It's like a merchant marine. I think I think he may have asked like, what should I do about college? And Miles, it feels like your sense of humor to be like, you should learn to swim. Or was it me? I think we, either of us could have said that. Yeah, it's probably true. Or Jackie, actually, you could have said, no. learn to swim. I'm, it is, I'm serious. If oh. you're going to go to maritime college, you, it's good to know how to swim. They Maybe they teach you. I don't know. That would be bad if you got there and they're like, freshman seminar, basics. Well, you guys don't need that. And you're sweating like, oh, I need that. Anyway, you looked good, hentai homie. Yes. Yeah, I like the tie. It's very dapper. You have a tie pin. Um, a tie, I let me see it. it again. What? Let me see it again. Hang on. Looks good, man. Hope you had fun. It's a tie clip, you idiot. All right. I Look, <laughs> I don't know the difference. I know clip I feel on ties. Bad for, let's not be mean to Mark anymore. I feel bad. Mark, I'm sorry I we called you an idiot. We should be only nice to him I'm not now. really that bothered. Let's be nice to him. I am going to do whatever All I right. want. And next episode, it's a 10-minute introduction. And most of it is me <laughs> seeing how long I can hold a note. Mark, okay. you're a genius, even though you didn't know the difference between a tie pin and a tie clip. Right. Great job. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I remember that... At my prom, Miles and I, I was there. Jackie was there. Jackie, it was also my prom. We go way back. Jackie and I had two proms. I was a senior, and she went to my prom, and then she was a senior, and I went to her prom. We Does were, that mean I was also there? We were a year apart. Yes, I, we, we were we, both at both yeah, proms. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. We were, so we both all, got to be all the of creepy. us were at the same proms. We, we both Twice. of us got to be the creepy guy that went to a high school prom, even though we weren't in high school Did anymore. Did I even hang out with you though? like a little bit I don't remember not like this um, <laughs> <laughs> um and i remember that they gave out like fedoras like wide or, or wide brimmed hats i forget what they're really called because fedoras are not actually fedoras they're um fuck there's a real name for those hats um they served virgin shirley to i wait 
I still drink Virgin Shirley Temples. Because Are, do they make non-Virgin Shirley Temples? Yeah, they call them Dirty Shirley's. Oh, I I'm think Shirley Temples are good. They're amazing. All right. If you guys haven't had a Shirley Temple, it's ginger ale with, uh, what do they call that? That red, that strawberry sauce, that cherry sauce. I think it's just cherry sauce. I forgot the main ingredient. Grenadine. <laughs> Grenadine syrup. Thank you. And you throw cherry a cherry sauce. in it and it's like delicious. It's and like, you go. It's like, imagine if you had a cherry soda, but then you were like, oh, this is what that would actually taste like. And I still order it half the time just to see what bartenders will do. In Philadelphia, I was once refused a Shirley Temple by some hipster asshole. Wow. Then, what, he, then he actually looked at me and was like, we don't even have grenadine syrup. And I was like, nice beard, fucker. What, where was this? Johnny Brenda's in North Philadelphia. I've been there. It's a cool bar. Fuck this guy. Mark doesn't drink. I don't drink alcohol. I do ingest liquids. Yes. Um, but I find it fun to order Shirley Temples because it's like, you know, it is like a special occasion. You have a mixed yeah. drink. You're not just sitting there pounding water. Although it is also fun to order a club soda and see if they charge you. And I always want to see if they're like, that'll be $3. I'll be like, I don't want it. Never mind. <laughs> just pour it out. You didn't do anything. You just hit a button on a gun. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you know, but when they're like, just forget about it. They're like, it's not even worth me opening the drawer. <laughs> like, just get the fuck out of my face. Hentai homie had a question for us and I don't remember what it was now. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. It was, have you ever worn any anime attire in public? Mark I, has. I've cosplayed. Jackie has cosplayed. Uh, and I have a samurai shampoo hoodie that I don't wear as much anymore, but I used to wear. Um, what did you cosplay as? I cosplayed the first time I ever cosplayed. I was a little 15 year old, I think. And I cosplayed as Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. I guess that's not an anime. That's a video game. But it's anime style. Yeah. Uh, and then the second time I cosplayed, I was I was 16, I think, or 17. Yeah, I think you were 16. And I was Ray from Evangelion. Yeah, it was, a, re- it was a really good job. You I were, was a great Ray. You were the school Ray. So you had the school, school uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the school uniform. Plug not, suit or whatever. Yeah, not the suit. Just like the... I had um, someone actually... Because I was in high school. This was a long time ago. Uh, and I had someone at the high school actually, uh, she was taking a sewing class and she was very good and she actually made it for me. Wow. Like she measured me and she made it. And then I took it home and my mom was like, let me fix it. And so then my mom like sewed Aww. it more. Like my mom fixed it. Cause I guess there were, it was like good, but my mom was like, like, let me do it. Like oh, she, wow. my mom's a pro. My mom's a pro. By the way, that same anime convention that we went to. It's Anime Next. Yeah. Which used to be in Secaucus, New Jersey, and now it's in Atlantic City, apparently. What? Yeah. Ugh. It's like bigger now. I was going to say, we should go. They're doing a JoJo's Posing School panel. Oh, we should go. JoJo's Posing School is a panel where people get together and they just tutorial you on how to pose like JoJo like covers and famous panels and stuff. Didn't it already pass? No. Anime Next? I think it's in a we few should, days. We should go. We should go and promote our pod. It's far. <laughs> I honestly don't know the etiquette on that. Should we just hand out flyers? Will we be banned? I don't want to be banned in Atlantic City. That place is depressing if you don't have something to print do. Print out little business cards. Little flyers. Pins, pins. Stickers. Yeah. I don't hey know. Hey, kid, you want to hear a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we talk about New Jersey transit. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. So wait, did it, we... I don't know if we answered... Uh, I, have, I have something to say. Okay. It is in a few days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've mentioned it, but Jackie bought me something for, was it last Hanukkah? Christmas? Yeah, something. I am a Jewish. Um, <laughs> y- you bought me, it was two things from part four. It was a Killer Queen t-shirt that glows in the dark. The actual Killer Queen part glows in the dark. It's Killer Queen like getting ready to do uh, bomb number one. 
So, you know, the cool, like, uh, metal finger pose in the air. And there's sweatpants that are just, like, nice, baggy, Japanese-style sweatpants. But it has Kosaku's face on the thigh, like, this kind of mm-hmm. line art, white Kosaku. Uh, Very comfy. I also have a JoJo's t-shirt. Yes. Uh, which is... Um, it's, which? it's Joseph on the Joseph. Co- cover of, on one of the covers with the breathing mask yeah, on. Yeah, it's cool. Hey, Miles. Yeah? What anime shit do you wear out, you I, fucking weeb? I could list more anime shit, by the way, but... I, I don't all. have any anime shit. I mm. did cosplay once, but not as an anime character. You were Steve Zissou, right? N- no, I was Dr. McNinja from the comic Dr. McNinja. What is that? It's a webcomic. Oh. I think the guy does, or he did a stint on Deadpool cool. as well. That's cool. Yeah. I have a Sailor Moon shirt. Um... Oh, yeah. What other sh- things do I have? I have other things. You've got that one that has to do with Settlers of Catan, the very popular anime about uh, getting people to buy wood. It's not a... I have, a, I have some nerd shirts that I usually... Well, I have, mostly mostly my nerdy shirts are like video game stuff. Uh, I heard some podcasts where they were like... These comedians who were like in their 30s were like joking about men wearing graphic tees. And I was like, Haha, yeah, fuck. Why were they joking? It was just like the the woman, the straight woman on the podcast was like, yeah, I love a man with a graphic t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. Aww. I never I buy guess I should just go wear a fucking striped button down. Huh? Just how expressive is that? Look at me. I have a collar I and always, a breast pocket you're not going to use. I use my breast pocket. No, you don't. There's nothing in it. I'm looking at it. I put my phone in it sometimes. No, you don't. Really? Yeah. When it vibrates, do you have a heart attack? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, we've done some anime stuff. We're not crazy, though. You know? Yeah. Most of my anime stuff was from when I was a teenager. Nowadays, it's mostly the video game wardrobe. But really, I just dress like a professional, classy woman. Oh, because I also that's have, what I am. I also dress like a professional, classy woman. Yeah. On we're, the we're JoJo's Stardust Crusader subreddit, someone put up a mock of a the famous like Chinese bootleg shirt that just has a picture of like Mickey Mouse, and it says, the world is a fuck... <laughs> such and such million dead cops like whatever someone did a spoof where it was uh crazy diamond and uh the hand and it's just jojo themed things and it's pretty great and i just bought it because it was like 10 bucks on Redbubble. um also i want to make should i make a bootleg shirt of just the evangelion episode like the last episode where they're on the globe and they're just clapping for shinji yeah is that a good shirt <laughs> i want to wear that around i'm gonna start doing that to you just going, congratulations, Mark. Congratulations. <laughs> Me and my brother used to do that all the time. Just slowly clapping, going, congratulations, Miles. That's great. I want to do that now at work, but no one's going to get it. I always say congratulations, Shinji, whenever oh, you, I congratulate oh, you, anyone. You do keep it to Shinji. <laughs> Spoiler alert, people get congratulated. <laughs> um, let's talk about the uh, anime episode. Which one? Um, Whole Horse and uh, his finger gun magic. Part oh, two? I forgot my notes. Oh, you can go get your notes. Let me get a drink. BRB. Okay, so this is the uh, second half of a two-parter. Hanged man. And so we've got on our hands a dead Abdul. R.I.P. Smokey. That's not who he is. Prove Abdul me, is his own person. Prove he's, me wrong. He's not the... He was a chubby mayor. He can't also... Whatever. <laughs> um, Polnara f- feeling stupid, probably. Yeah. Kakuin yelling at him. Yeah. And whole horse is saying mean things like he has a strong face, but he died so easily in just one bullet, which is like, what is a bullet? Yeah. Um, whole and horse is and being he a was jerk. stabbed. Whole horse is being a huge dick. At one point, he says something like, 
you must think I'm talking like I know everything. And I was like, that's not properly translated. I don't know what the fuck that meant. Um, and he's twirling his gun, right? Is he twirling his gun? I don't know. I think he is. Colhurst is like, uh, I, I guess it's normal to die without saying goodbye. And he's like, I don't know. He's just taunting Polnareff. And Polnareff gets mad and then starts to like walk towards him. And Kakyoin is like, dude, you're stupid. Fall back. That made me think. Yeah? Is it really common to die without saying goodbye? Yes. I would say so. Most people, I don't think, get to say goodbye. It's illness or something that takes you at some point. Well, I'd like to say goodbye right now. Like in advance? Or are you going to die? Yeah. Just say goodbye to everyone you know. Yeah, just in advance. All right. And don't tell them why. Das Vidanya. Mark? Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. Jackie? Goodbye. It was nice knowing you. Goodbye, my friends. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, Miles is dead. A whole horse is No, I dead. just will be dead eventually. Okay. Yeah, he's taunting Polnarf. And yeah, Polnarf starts to walk past towards him, pissed as shit. And Kakyo was like, no, that is what he wants. This is what Abdul told you not to do. We don't even know their stands yet, what they which, do. Which is a really funny thing that happens to me, in my opinion, I mean. Um, Why? I'll explain in a minute. Because uh, Polnarf is basically like, oh yeah, Kakyo says like, you know, Abdul told you what would happen. And then he's dead. So, and but Polnarf kind of does make a good point where in a way... In the moment, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Just walk away from these guys? But, you know, it, it's obviously if he's answering him, he, there's a little bit of reason in him. He's not just charging ahead without it. Um, and you can tell that he's sort of just in, like, self-destruction mode. Like, he probably knows that he's not going to win. He later admits this. But he just, you know, out of honor, he wants to fight for his friend now and his sister. Should be used to surrendering. Because he's French? Yeah. That joke is like 30 years too late. Um, There's Vietnam too. Yeah, how'd we do in that? No, I mean the French also surrendered there. Yeah, I know. Do you know who didn't surrender? The Vietnamese. That's right. Never fight a land war in Asia. Is that a Princess Bride reference? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> what? Inconceivable. Uh, that movie's okay. It's overrated. That um, guy died, right? Yeah, I think so. That's inconceivable. No, I mean, it makes sense. He's human. Do you think he... he said bye, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, right before he died, he went, inconceivable, and then died. Um, I think that movie's... Maybe you're right that it's overrated, but it's also good. It's okay. I really I don't, like I don't it. Know. I like seeing Carrie Elways in good movies, unlike now. I don't know what he's doing now. Saw? Well, the Saw was like on the edge. You're kind of like, okay, yeah, we haven't heard from Carrie Elways in a while. This is a little bit of a washed up thing. And then the movie is like a smash success. And you're like, oh, good for you, Carrie Elways. And then he's just in a bunch of shit. Yeah, he didn't really carry the movie. <laughs> God. Yeah, he didn't wear it like a Danny Glover. What? <laughs> Danny Glover's in the movie. By the way, I might edit this out because it's so unrelated. But the guy who wrote and directed Saw... The original one has written and directed a movie called upgrade and i saw the trailer for it a while ago and i was like this movie looks fucking stupid and there's another movie out that has a similar plot but it's getting really good reception it's apparently sharply written and funny so consider me interested upgrade this is a paid sponsorship by upgrade um <laughs> cool so anyway i'm done editing that out whole horse is like anyway robin Hood, men in tights <laughs> uh Fucking whole horse is like, Paul, Paul Coon. Yeah, he calls him Lil Paul Paul. Loved it. Which is a SoundCloud rapper. Is it? <laughs> no, no, Lil, no. Lil Paul Paul. Lil Paul Pot. 
Um, yeah, so Polnareff is not used to surrendering miles. But right as he's about to say, like, you're right, uh, something... Oh, yeah, yeah, Hanged Man starts taunting him. He appears in the window next to Polnareff, and he starts saying shit to him. And this is what was funny to me, is Kakyoin goes, we don't even know how their stands work yet. And then the Hanged Man appears, and it's like, let me tell you how I work. <laughs> like, Did you guys catch that? That he's like, we don't know how they work. And you're like, yeah, how are they going to figure it out? And I didn't remember. He didn't, like, fully explain it, though. No, he didn't go all the way and say, this is how you would defeat me. But he's just like, I'm in the mirror world, and you're not here. It's like, you could have said nothing. But that's a deception, because there is no mirror world. I don't think so. He should have just said nothing and attacked him. True. They all have to tell you about their stance. Otherwise, we, the viewer... Don't know what What's the stand going on. is. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of braggadocio too. Like I'm definitely like with whole horse the way he talks a lot of like a lot of trash. Like I'm willing to believe that he talks about his gun and stuff because he wants to. Braggadocio. Yeah. Italian. Yeah. Braggadocio. Speaking of Italian, they're remaking Suspiria and um, Tom York of Radiohead's doing the soundtrack. Sounds great. I don't know. I don't know what Suspiria is. So Suspiria is a Italian horror movie from the '70s. It's considered Dario Argento's best, but I'm a much bigger Deep Red fan. And uh, that was soundtracks done by Goblin, who I've actually used on this podcast. But now it's the lead singer of Radiohead doing the soundtrack. It's got Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson. And the trailer looks great. It looks very old school and scary. And apparently people were vomiting when they saw it at a film festival. Miles has let his head hit the microphone. People were so disturbed they were throwing up in some place. Um, Anyway. um, Fucking, fucking, the hangman is such a jerk. He's like, he's like taunting Polnareff. And he's like, oh, uh, your sister was cute, by the way. Uh, And when you reunite, uh, ask her about me uh, and like how how I killed her and stuff. And then when he, uh, this joke won't make sense, <laughs> I was gonna say, when he kills you and you go to heaven, Hangman's like, did she ask about me? Anyway, mm. that joke is only if you know Miles in person. Um, anyway. I think people will get it. The, the, okay. Miles has this joke where if you mention any woman in front of him, he'll go, did she ask about me? It's funny, but it's funny. I'm very used to it now. I think it's funny without that context. Like, without knowing that Miles says it. Let me edit that out. That'll be our eighth edit. Oh, Um, my gosh. (laughs) I'm not really editing any of this out. Uh, So, fucking, eventually... But Hanged Man is doing it because he wants Polnareff to stabby-stab the mirror and break it. Which he does. Which he He does. He pulls out Silver Chariot and stabs the mirror real hard. But as we know, that does nothing. Um, Well, it does give you bad luck for seven years. Yeah. And then, how does Polnareff get hit doesn't he gets hit somehow right because he's bleeding when kakyoin picks him up he's on the ground and kakyoin swings by and picks him up he, he gets does he get stabbed? stabbed no he doesn't get shot oh this is bad i, I think don't he, remember his neck gets grabbed i think it's just the hanged man is being a jerk and he's fucking trying to hurt him don't i worry. think i think he's about to get shot by whole horse and that's when kakyoin decides to push him out of the way with his green goobs of goobs. Oh, right, yeah. He's about to get shot and That's who stabbed. hits him. At the, yeah, he's about to get shot and stabbed at the same time. But Kakuman throws his Hadouken, his Emerald Splash. Emerald Splash, that's what it is. At, uh, that's what hurts Polnareff. Right, it knocks him over, so he avoids it. And Whole Horse is shocked by this, which I thought was cool. He was like, huh, oh, he shot Polnareff. Because you'd think that he would shoot the Emerald Splash at the bullet or the mirror again. But instead, he moves the, the target, which is a great idea. Uh, and then somehow uh, so that's what happened. I was confused by what was happening so, there. And then somehow within five seconds, Kakuin jumps in a truck and starts the engine and accelerates. He just presses triangle to get in <laughs> to jack the car, which immediately throws the woman out of the truck as yeah. well and gets you in. <laughs> and he goes, y'all don't need it anymore. 
I never I never played past three, so. My name's CJ. Is that from four? Or is that from one of the three expansions? It's San Andreas, I want to say. That's three. Yeah. But no, San Andreas is a... Uh... Oh, it might be. You're right. I'm thinking Miami. Um, Miami's Tommy Versetti. Right. That one I know. And that's Ray Liotta of Goodfellas. Not Goodfellas. And that those... Um... Those alcohol commercials where he's just mean. I've never seen those. Um, then Kakuin drives by and picks up Polnareff. And it's a little bit better in some ways than the OVA because I remember remarking in the OVA that Kakuin just picks up Polnareff with one hand. And he does that here too, but they don't mm-hmm. like really focus on it. So you don't get the chance to be like, wait, what the fuck? It's still, inconceiv- in- it's still inconceivable. Rest in peace, guy whose name we don't even remember. It's something weird. <laughs> <laughs> Watch his name be like Stan... Fits or something. Um. So they drive away, and Whole Horse notices that uh, Mr. Centerfold, a.k.a. Jay Guile, left with them. Yeah. Well, yeah, first he goes I to shoot so. the truck. Wait, actually, I have a question. Because yeah. we know how Hanged Man is traveling. Hang, Hanged Man can hitch a ride on mirrors. Mm-hmm. How is Jay Guile following them? I don't know if Jay Guile ever moved, because it is a remote stand. So... It might just be that he is just chilling at that place we see him later. Oh. And he just has a very, very far um, range stand. Let me see here. Its stats say its range is A, which is the top. There is no S in the uh, stand radar. So it is, and it is a long distance stand type. Okay. So he could just be at the place we see him. Um, so yeah, whole horse goes to shoot a bullet and then is like, eh, it's too far. And even if it did hit them, it wouldn't have a lot of force. And then he looks around at the broken glass, and he's like, "Oh, but the hanged man is gone." So it wouldn't it wouldn't have full force. Pretty good. Moving thank, on. Thank you. Um, he's like, "Oh, the hanged man's gone." Okay. He's like, "All right, Jay Guile, you're gonna go after them." Um, so they're driving then, and Kakuin and Polnareff are talking, and Polnareff is like, "I think I understand how Abdul felt now, and you know, I made a mistake, and." I understand, or something like that. And Kakyoin says, do you really understand? And Polnareff is like, yeah. And Kakyoin bashes him in the face with his elbow. Yeah, it's meme. And he says, take this in place of our handshake. And Polnareff is like, thank you. He says it in English. <laughs> with thank a broken you. nose. Yeah. So, thank you. Like that. Now, that felt really racist with the nose clutch. I shouldn't have done that. Why was it Edit racist? that out. Because um, yeah. uh, in my heart, it was racist. <laughs> <laughs> Because you meant it to because be racist. I'm racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> so driving, and then at some point, I think afterwards, Polnareff is thinking about mirrors and how yeah. Hangman is only in the mirrors and not. You can't see him, and he just rips the rearview mirror off. Which I was waiting for Kakyo to be like, "Dude, we were being chased." Probably like, is this a reference to Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson? Yes. You may have made that joke on the OVA episode. <laughs> no. I I think I may have used. I don't. No, know. you didn't. Okay. You definitely didn't. All right. You should have. I'm going to go back and listen now. Listeners, write in and tell me what the fuck I did. Tell us no. all the jokes we already said on the OVA so By we the- don't do them again. <laughs> that was my fear watching this. I was like, fuck, we already saw this, yeah, basically. This episode is, is everything we've already seen, like, in perfect detail. Almost. There's a few minor things. Like, at the end, they're not in the same place. <laughs> um, I like Norio Wakamoto as whole horse better than this guy. This guy's great, but it's not Norio Wakamoto. Um, so, yeah, Polnareff is fucking like, uh, you know, he's in the mirror world. How do we get into the mirror world? And, and as he's like, doing this, he's ripping the rear view mirror out. Yeah, which I was saying, Kakyoin should be like, the fuck? <laughs> um, and Kakyoin was like, you keep talking about a mirror world, but there is no mirror world that just reflects light. And Polnareff is like, yeah, but there's stands. If there's stands and crazy shit like that. That's a good point. Why can't there be a mirror world? Which is, no, that's not how logic works. You don't, you don't just go, other things don't are unexplainable. 
So we shouldn't have to think about how things work. I mean, true, but also like you can say like you can't say that. I think at this point you can't say anything is impossible in in this world. You, you know what d- I mean? You, but you don't say that. You can't say anything's impossible. I guess. So when you're solving a problem, if you've exhausted all reasonable solutions, you have to take an unreasonable one. Yes. Yeah. I love exactly. that philosophy. I do it at work all the time because I don't know anything. Misi. What? That's like a problem solving technique. You've come up with solutions that are mutually exclusive and collectively exhaustive. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. It's too too long. It's like you try, you have to come up with solutions that are specific and don't overlap. Oh. But that cover all your bases. Why? And then you choose the one that would be the, like you rank them in terms of difficulty to accomplish and effectiveness. And you pick the mm. one that's the easiest and the most effective. Mm. And you start yeah. on that. My thing when, with my coworkers is when we're trying to solve a problem is I'm like, have you tried this and this and this? And then I'll be like, what about this random idea? And people are like, but why would that work? And I'm like, because we've tried everything that should work <laughs> and it doesn't. And sometimes that works. I couldn't tell you my, uh, my efficiency rate though. It's probably low. Um, anyway. You gotta shoot your shots. Yep. Unless you're a whole horse and you're too far from the truck. True. Um, so, yeah, they're talking about the mirror world, and Kakuman explains that it's just, uh, you know, light is just reflections of what's happening in the real world. And then... Is the mirror world... No, it's the dark world in Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's a mirror world in... Through the Looking Glass? Mm-hmm. There's the X zone in uh, DC Comics, right? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I think so. Um... Anyway, uh, so this this whole thing doesn't make any Candy sense Man? to me. There's Candyman. Ca- oh shit! What? I almost said it the third time. Oh my no, God. It, isn't it the same person has to say it? Candyman. Don't Candy do Man? no. Don't. We're both on the verge. You have to say it in front of a mirror. No, you can say it anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. There has to be one in plain sight. Yeah. But there's mirrors everywhere. Everywhere. Every world. <laughs> I shouldn't make the episode. I shouldn't make the title of the episode my my phrase anymore. Someone else say something funny. Has, has anyone else, has anyone actually done that? Said Candyman or Bloody Mary or whatever. In front yeah, of the I, I said Bloody Mary straight up into a fucking mirror because I was like scared of it and I was like I have to get past it. Same. I did it in a hotel. Is which, that why you guys are dead it, now? Which makes it scarier. <laughs> I did it in a hotel, which makes it scarier for some reason because it's an unknown mirror, and who knows? Maybe it was a haunted hotel room. You know. I thought you were cheating, being like, and if it if Bloody Mary comes out in the hotel room, it's not my house. No, no, I thought it would be worse. It would be like, um, I'm definitely getting killed. But you were bored on vacation is what I'm getting out of this. Yeah, okay. I had a lot of time to think. For, the, <laughs> for those that don't know, there is this urban legend that if you turn off the lights in your bathroom, but somehow still look in the mirror and say Bloody Mary three times, what is it? Some old ass lady ghost comes and kills you? Yes. No, I think you get a drink with Tabasco sauce. And tomato sauce. V8. And, and uh, vodka, right? I don't know. That's gross. I don't drink alcohol. Um, And so that's one. And then there's a movie from 1992 starring Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen. And a guy that you're going to be like, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Uh, It's called Candyman. It's very good. It's one of my favorite horror movies. It is a very good movie. Great score by Philip Glass. It's half the fucking movie. And if you say Candyman three times into a mirror, this fucking guy who's like the ghost of a descendant of a slave comes out and he has a hook for a hand and he's obsessed with bees so these are all things that are scary, right? Angry people, hand hooks, bees. Yeah. 
recipe for disaster. Oh, and it's also in a very underprivileged part of Chicago. And since the main protagonist is a white lady, she's even more scared. Moving on. Um, it's true. That's half. <laughs> come on. That's part of the movie. Um, so back to Cowboy Bebop. They find in the, in the attic a bunch of um, old mold. So Polnareff says Bloody Mary into the mirror three times and then right. Candyman so, comes okay, out. Th- this is what makes no sense to me is that Kakyoin is like... <laughs> First of all, he says, like, if we use that logic, then we can... He's basically saying, like, but if we go on my logic, then we'll find a solution, which I'm like, I don't... But Polnareff is saying anything is possible, and you're going, no, it isn't. And because my line of thinking is the best, let's just use that towards the solution, which isn't really how it works. I get what he's saying. He's like, he's like, you're kind of diving into a fantasy idea where you're like making up a mirror world that you can't verify exists necessarily. And then going off of that when instead you should look at the stand's behavior and see like patterns that emerge or like what is the science behind a mirror or whatever. But like you can't do that when there are fucking vampires and aliens and shit. But but it's more to my original point. And ghost dads. My, well, that's the thing when they're like, there is no mirror world, but there is like ghost photo land, yeah, which happens later. No one explains exist. that. No one explains how ghost dad is able to float in a, in a bro cam photo, which attacks you. You know what I mean? No one, there's no old Joseph or, or, or Joe scare anybody that's like, but wait, there's no photo world. At this point, they're like, fuck it. We give up. I feel like we've made this. We, we've, I probably, we probably had this exact conversation. I think we did actually. We, have, we had this exact I think conversation. We did. I didn't chastise we, anybody for not talking about photo world existing, but I did say something about ghost dad. You are right. <laughs> and you know what? But we didn't talk about Bloody Mary and uh, that's true. And Candyman. At this point, though, uh, if we d- if this is our last podcast and we haven't broken up as a team because of bullying Mark, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then it's because we were killed by either or both Candyman and Bloody Mary because we said it so many times. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Candyman or Mark. No, <laughs> in a fit of rage. Um, <laughs> Anyway, now I have to think of like what joke would I make and then go in the opposite direction so I don't end up repeating myself. So like funny. (sighs) (laughs) So yeah, so that's, I, I, yeah, I agree that we should exhaust the science that we know first, which is what Kakyoin's doing when he's like, it's just a reflection. Anyway, using that and then proceeds to make no sense because if the mirror is reflecting light, you should be able to see it first of all because... We only see in mirrors what we can see in real life. And if he's light, how can you attack it with a stand? I guess stands mm-hmm. aren't are some other fucking dimension anyway. Yeah. That attack each other. Yeah, stands can always hurt each other, I guess, in and some way. It's why does he have to jump into mirrors if he's light? If he's light residing on a mirror, then yeah, he should reflect off the mirror into real life. You should be able to see him. <laughs> it's like what I'm getting at. You should be able to see the hangman. I don't yeah. get it. Unless he can just appear in mirrors, and if he can just appear in mirrors, he can only appear in then the he shouldn't reflection. be able to. He shouldn't be able to hit you. He can. So, oh, that's you, true. You can see him as like a little beam of light. So it's like not fair that it's not fair that he can hurt you in the mirror, but you can't hurt him. Interesting things about this episode. I want to say before I forget. First of all, we get to hear the classic phrase where he says, "I have no weaknesses," or "It'll have no weakness." Jaktem wanai, and. I've noticed they don't say Standotsky yet. They don't say stand user yet. He keeps saying your real body is over there. Did you have you guys noticed that pattern? No. They don't yet say stand user, stand user, this, that. They're not like the user must be nearby. Instead, he's saying your real body is over there, which is not really how stands work. Uh, later in the uh, in the show, they're like, oh yeah, that whole analog of 
your stand getting hurt equals you getting hurt. Fuck all that. That's why I think he switches to stand user because it's no longer a mirror of who you are. Mm, um, I see. Anyway, so while they're remarking on stuff, Kakyoin notices that the hanged man is with them. He's reflected in the metal plating on the steering wheel, which he then articulates to Polnareff, whereas in real life, if you saw the hanged man in like the metal part of a steering wheel, you'd be like, he's in the... the like the 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 me, there's metal like I'm you just die while you're trying to explain what the fuck it is. Imagine how hot that steering wheel must have been. Well, maybe it was parked in the shade back in town. True. I bet in India you're really good at finding shade and parking under it. You know, or maybe you have one of those dashboard things you put up that blocks the sun. <laughs> so <laughs> before Kakuyan <laughs> got in the car, he had to fold up this big metal thing <laughs> and then drove over to. No, 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 you just hop in the driver's seat and you smack it and it just falls off the dashboard. <laughs> I've done it before. My dad used to have one that was Looney Tunes themed, mm. uh, but like, you know, eventually the sun just like wears away on it. So it's just like all these worn Looney Tunes. Characters. They fade away like cartoons themselves. Poco a poco nos fallecimos. Like the medium of cartoons, I should say. What are you talking about? We're watching a fucking anime. Yeah, but cartoons are over. No, they're not. They're more popular than ever. Not like not like Saturday morning. You so know what I mean? It's sh- all CGI and stuff. What does that matter? No, there's there's good cartoons on the TV now. Name 80. What? That's so many. <laughs> Can't do it. Just Steven Universe. Right. It's one of my favorite shows. SpongeBob SquarePants. I think that's, go- that's going away. I don't watch that anyway. It's not even really. All right. Show. I admit Ooh. that I'm wrong. Good. We finally reached 80. Um, so Kakuman points out that Hangman is in the steering wheel and he's about to attack them. I think he does actually attack Kakuman a little bit. So Kakuman just jams the, he just smashes the car into a rock and they fly out of the fucking car. And they're then like lying next to the broken car pieces. And Polnareff notices this little yellow dot of light is bouncing between all the broken parts of the shiny bumper. How would you see this yellow dot of It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't but matter. I, so, like, that's how you could see him. That he's light, but he moves slow enough that you could see him right. move. It's like, maybe he's some kind of like, I think he like, when he travels, his stand is like a special kind of crystal that refracts light in a way that on the mirror, it's a full image of a creepy mummy robot. But in real life, it's like a tiny, like, crystal illusion thing you know it what doesn't I mean? make sense that he exists on the surface of a mirror but he can hurt you out in the real world that's the part that makes no sense unless he has some invisible form and he just does all the stuff in the mirror for fun but in real life he's just invisibly stabbing you and it doesn't necessarily match up to what's happening in the mirror yeah it's like there is a mirror world you know this there, exactly sh- the show's a little unrealistic <laughs> there are some things about the show that are inconsistent <laughs> that i don't get and you know you know they had fun with when uh uh, Kakuen looks right at the, uh, the the reader or the viewer and is like, this isn't a fantasy world. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, <laughs> grounded heavily in science. This this <laughs> this logic never bends or breaks. Um, so Polnareff realizes what's going on, that the stand jumping around is, you know, the hangman is in real life and is jumping around between. Yeah, please excuse the baby. We hey, don't, shut that baby up. We don't have a baby. There is some baby running around our apartment. It'll be fine. It won't be a problem it's anymore. It's not in our apartment. The baby is like upstairs In our apartment somewhere. building. No, that, I think this is this is the one out in the hall. Quiet down, there's you a, baby. There's a baby in the hall? There's babies everywhere. I okay. don't like it. All right. Well, somebody should like... Somebody oh my should... God. Why are they screaming in the hall? Shut up, you baby. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. It is 10.09 p.m. That Maybe that's why the baby's screaming. He's like, let's go to bed. <laughs> no, I think children don't want to go to bed. He might be screaming because they want him to go to bed. Hmm. 
I don't know. I'm a grown child and I want to go to bed. She wants That's to stay up true. to watch Monday Night Live. What is that? It's not a real show. I was going to say, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, Monday Night Live. Uh, so fucking they realize what's going on and they scramble to like, oh, he jumps between all the reflective things. We have to get away from anything reflective. And I made the joke last time that because they're Jojo characters, they would have to take like so much time, like taking off all their fucking, like if they're with Jotaro, they'd just be dead. <laughs> Jotaro would just be like, fuck, I had the chain is like locked at the bottom. Give me a second. And it's just reflecting things everywhere. But they do kind of acknowledge that Polnareff goes to take off his earrings. Kakyoin, I guess, goes to pop his mm. buttons or something. Do I guess the reflections on um, the Polnareff's stand's sword don't count? I guess not, because it's kind of ethereal. It's not like a real yeah. thing. I mean, in reality, right, everything reflects light. If you can see something, it is reflecting and absorbing light. True. Whatever light you see, it is not absorbing and is reflecting. But in reality, it's absorbing every other color in the spectrum of light. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know that? It's fucking crazy, right? When you look at something and you're like, it's red. In reality... All of those colors are in the object, but they're absorbed and not bounced back into your eyeball. Mm. Anyway, I heard that once in school. I never verified it, so it could be complete lies. I think they tell you the truth in school usually. No. <laughs> hmm. Then how Good come luck. they talk about this like Holocaust thing that never really happened? <laughs> don't even joke about that. There's real people who are I'm like Jewish. That. I can do it. I know, but I don't like it. I have great grand family that probably died but there are people who believe that nonsense all right the holocaust isn't real quick disclaimer the holocaust happened millions of people died and millions of people benefited Hmm. they're called germans and we know them today don't forget about ibm leave the the germans alone ibm they feel sorry about bmw no i mean ibm ibmw no. The computer car place? What, what is IBM? I don't know this. IBM helped them, like, they provided computers to help them process all the concentration countries. Cool. Um, so my dad uh, never bought a Volkswagen. I mean, in part, maybe he didn't want one, but he said that his dad would be very upset if he bought a Volkswagen, which is a German car brand. Um, and I remember that when my last car was dying, I had to rent cars all the time so I could keep going to work. And it was like snowing really bad. And the car rental place was like, we have the pickup truck and we have a VW Beetle. And I was like, fuck. And then, then I was like, oh, wait, I'm not going to drive the fucking Beetle. I was like, let me get the pickup truck. And they were like, are you sure? Because they were like, in the snow, this is much more dangerous. Like, you should really just drive the Beetle. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> so I drove a fucking VW Bug to work. You didn't try to explain. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my grandfather fled the Holocaust. <laughs> he fled Nazi Europe. And he would just be spinning in his grave right now if I drove that thing. I mean, I would get like two words and he'd be like, just take the pickup. It's fine. We don't care. Please stop telling us. I don't need your life story. Anyway, the Holocaust happened. It's not a joke. Uh, But you can joke about it. Now Um, you drive a Japanese car, you traitor. Right. Because I don't care about the Chinese. What? I should just stop talking, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Let the baby talk. We we really don't have a choice. Um, Disclaimer, genocide is bad. Uh, Don't do it. And uh, read your history. It's real. It's out there. Nobody's perfect. It's but... so boring, though. No, it's really interesting, especially no, this horrible stuff we're talking about. It's boring. What do you like to read about? Um, yeah, I, I like historical fiction. You just open up a blank fucking book. <laughs> you like historical fiction? <laughs> um, I'm gonna, can I? I'm just gonna take a look outside and see if there's uh, an adult with this child, please. or if there's just a child screaming by himself. Yeah, at this point, you're just a concerned citizen. Look out for the ghost lady. I haven't seen her in a while. I have. I see her all the time. Really? Yeah. 
I saw her. I was in my bathroom at my house. I looked in the mirror and she was there. And you were like, ghost lady, ghost lady, ghost lady. And she went away. Imagine if you were looking in the mirror and you didn't say anything, but you just caught like Bloody Mary on her cigarette break. <laughs> and she's just like in a room with a bunch of mirrors on all sides. And then she, she just hears Bloody Mary and she like has to get up and ash out her cigarette. And she runs into a different mirror, but you just wash your hands. What's her attitude? Is she like excited or frustrated that she has to go back I to I think work? she's a little excited, but her body's tired. Like she's like, oh, but she, it takes her a while to get up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I checked and the baby in the hallway is fine. How do you know? They just took they just Jackie, took it I'm going to be honest. I don't hear them crying anymore. They did took you it kill away. the baby? They took it away. Jackie, did you stomp on that baby? No. <laughs> no, no, no. There was a baby and then I was staring at it and the baby was just crying by itself and there were no adults oh, no. and I was worried. I was like, where is the adult? But then the adult came and took the baby away. But it was fine. Where did the adult come from? From inside the apartment. So they were just they just left their baby outside the apartment to cry? They left the apartment door open with a baby right outside the door. Oh, so do you think they heard you open the door? I'm like, oh, right, other people I didn't exist. open the door. I just looked through the people. So oh. is their parenting technique like, I don't want to hear this. I'm putting it outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, wow. it's one way to do it. Um, so I'm done editing out all the uh, genocide talk. This has been baby pod. So Polnareff and Kakuin are busy taking off reflective stuff while they're behind a, a rock. And speaking of babies, they should get naked. A small child runs up to them. Ugh. And is like, hey, are you guys okay? And then they're like, oh, your car's messed up pretty bad. And you guys are hurt. And they're like, get away from us because we can see the hanged man in the, in the kid's eye because like, the eye is reflective. Um, and the kid's like, what? But you're hurt. And they're like, don't look at me. And they don't do the obvious thing, which is just push the kid over because then the kid won't be looking at you or will run away. Or like clap mm. in his face so he blinks. Yeah, but then he'll open them again. Or uh, gouge its eyes out. No, don't do that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Hank yeah, yeah. Man even says that. He says, you're not going to stab a kid in the eye. <laughs> but like, he's got another one. Hmm? Right? He's got no. two. First of all, no. He does have two. I counted. <sighs> so anyway, what Polnareff does that's great is he, uh, or no, Kakyawan is like, you would jump into a kid's eye. He's like, yaro. Or like, you. And Polnareff's like, no, you don't say that. And this dope music starts playing. Is it? Ba, 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 da, ba, ba, no, ba, da, ba. it's not that. It's da, na, na, na. and then and then no, he's wait, like, I'm doing the wrong one. I'm Jean Paul Paul Nareff, and in the name of the moon, I shall punish you. <laughs> you Very killed good. my father. Prepare to die. Right. Yeah. He says, uh, "Remember the Alamo." He says, "Geronimo." Um, he says, I'm Jean-Pierre Polnareff and in the honor of my sister and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so he kicks dust in the kid's eye and the kid closes one eye, which I find weird and yells, ah, there's sand in my eye. <laughs> the definition of show don't tell. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's hard to draw, like showing like sand go in a kid's eye. I think it's easy. The first panel, the kid has his eyes open, and then the second one, his eyes are closed, and there's just a bunch of dots flying around. See, mm-hmm. I did it. I'm a manga guy. I feel like that could be hard. Like, what are these dots? If what Anakin can draw half the shit he draws, he could. He could. It would work. Um. Mm. Anyway, so like the, uh, we see like the little beam of light jumps out of the kid's eye as he slowly goes to close his eye, or maybe that's later because they kind of do the same trick twice. And Polnareff slashes at him. It's actually very cool because you don't see the guy get slashed first. You just see a beam of light go by and Silver Chariot just like slashes downward. And he knows something happened. Like he didn't miss. And then we do see that the hangman is in Polnareff's eye, right? Yes. yes. And then he explains it a little bit. And then the narrator explains it a little bit about how, and this part also makes no sense. 
is that the hangman has to leap between mirror worlds, but when one world is destroyed, it has to go to the next one. But if you destroy a piece of glass, it just becomes more pieces of glass. Really, it's more like... It only works because eyes, I think. Because eyes are closed. Yeah, but they like they show like if glass shatters, it has to jump to different glass. But I guess the idea is that like the fragments rotate and they won't be facing your, your target anymore. I don't think it needs to jump to different glass. They say, I don't know. They, they made it sound like it has to escape. It has uh, to jump away from it. But that's only if the thing is destroyed. Like, But you don't destroy a reflective surface, right? You just break it. I guess you could burn it or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, one of these days will make it make sense. No. So they show basically that the hangman tried to jump, you know, from the kid's eye that was about to be closed and therefore not destroyed. He could have just waited until the kid opened his eyes again. But I guess they would have escaped. And it jumps into Polnareff's eye. But in between, it moves at the speed of light because it is light. But Silver Chariot is also very fast. And Do you think he was on an ultralight beam? I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? It's a Kanye West song. Who? You can't just pretend he doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, well, you have to listen to Daytona by Pusha T. I did listen to it. I listened to it before you did, baby. You, no, you have to keep listening to it, I mean. No, I don't. You have to keep listening. Look, the Daytona album doesn't have him making fun of somebody with MS. That's later. True. Also, some rap magazine pointed out that Tupac made fun of someone for having sickle cell anemia. It's a good point. Therefore, it's all okay. Rappers it, do say a lot of terrible things. It's not okay. There is this this philosophy of like there are no holds barred when it comes to battle rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like yeah, but I could have done without Pusha T basically saying, "Hey, your producer who has a disability is going to die soon." <laughs> it's actually what he says. It's horrible. But, you know, we're all going to die soon. And Pusha T is a great rapper. Better than Drake. Yeah. That's the biggest bummer about this rap beef is that I might have to listen to Drake. I don't want to do that. You don't have to listen to Drake. Right. I can just read like the the complex articles or whatever. Yeah. You can also just read a book. <laughs> of what? Mark, just stay out of the beef. I don't want you to get hurt. All right. Thanks, Jackie. <laughs> I had a view versus pen that I was going to throw up on SoundCloud, but now... Yeah. I don't want to be clever. They were even, they were even worse than Pusha T's. Don't yeah. get involved. Mine are bad. Mine are like, you're not good at rapping. You're in, <laughs> you're in Degrassi. Remember that? You're also going to die eventually. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he says tick, tick, tick. Come on, man. Anyway, uh, so Whole Horse says a bunch of raps. No, so... um, I didn't know that. That's... What, the tick, tick, tick thing? Yeah. Yeah, he's like snip, 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 because he's a surgeon, and then he's like tick, tick, tick. He's like, how many years has he got left? It's oh horrible. Um, I will say, Miles, that I did feel some tension, because we were just talking in text, and I almost was like, oh, shit, what did I... Because you were like, I'm done with Pusha T for now. And I was like, that's interesting, because you, you weren't done with Kanye West with the the whole slavery was a choice thing. And then I was like, that sounded like I'm really being a dick and taking Miles to task here, when in reality, I was just innocently being like, that's okay. I guess, you know, that's one reason to stop No, it's just at work. <laughs> no, you answer me and we, we continue talking. But at the time I was like, oh shit, I hope he doesn't think that I'm being like, oh, well, I don't know why you don't like Pusha T anymore. You're a pussy. It's um, true. So, yeah, so they slash Hangman and, and the whole thing is explained. Hangman's back blows up in Polnareff's eye. We see this big, bloody, like, splash. And you hear a man yelp in the distance. Yeah. You hear a man looking for a restaurant nearby that's affordable and highly rated. You hear a man scream in the distance. I like that joke. Thank you. Mark, I like it. Thank you. Um, 
Miles didn't like it. He's, Although, he's laughing. He's laughing. I think he mostly liked your reaction, but... <laughs> So they realize, and this is what I'm talking about where they say, that's that's where his real body is, instead of saying that's where the user is. Um, so they run into the town area, and they find a man who has his chest slashed. And what I think is interesting here is that we've talked about how JoJo characters, like you can spot the villain because they're dressed very exotically and stand out. And I don't know what hats are like in the Indian subcontinent, but this guy does have an interesting hat, I will say. Is it a fez? No, it's like a triangle, like burlap kind of hat with like three rings hanging off the side of it. So I was like, he could be like a JoJo villain, you know, like he's a young looking guy and he's looking really pissed off at them and his hat is really weird. And he's all bloody, most importantly. So Polnareff then goes to talk some shit to him, thinking that he's Jay Guile or Centerfeld. And he's like, you may think that you've got us, but I figured out how your stand works and now I'm going to kill you. And he's talking shit. But Kakua notices that he, this guy has a left hand. And he's like, Polnareff, that's not him. He doesn't have two right hands. Uh, and then, bam, Polnareff gets stabbed in the back. Yeah, and that's the end. No, uh, <laughs> Polnareff is so jacked out of his fucking mind, the knife barely did anything because it just got stuck in his like huge shoulder muscles. Yeah. And he's just Polnareff like, has taken tons of damage so far. Yeah. And he seems he's fine. about to take a lot more. He doesn't even limp. Um, Kakua immediately pulls the knife out. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good move. Um, he doesn't even think about it. Yeah, just get it out of there. Don't want that there. Um, and then the Jake Isle himself, the stand user, appears, and he's so hot. He's the ugliest character. He is. I wrote mad ugly. Is what I wrote. And he is uglier than uh the guy. What's his name? Yangu. What's his name? The 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 fat stacks guy with all the coin stands. No, I Shigechi. I, Shigechi. I dislike. I think I Shigechi's it. uglier. Shigechi's you think uglier. Shigechi's uglier than this guy? Yeah. Okay. This guy looks like a ghoul. He looks like Sloth from the Goonies, but he also has like the little exoticness he has to him besides the right hands thing is that he has two small red squiggly trails under each eye. Almost like there's, yeah, they were hard to notice, but they were there. I didn't notice that. Almost like he had cried little red tears kind of going down his cheeks. And he has like no hair. It's like a weird bumpy head. Like he's a Simpsons character, just like Shigechi. What if the twist is that he's Shigechi's dad? <gasps> I, he might um, be. They both, Maybe he's gross, Dad. They're kind of related to coins in a way. Do you think he's smoky? Oh my god! <laughs> Please go to hell. Okay, but I really believe that smoky theory. It's not a bad theory. Um, I encourage you to post it on Reddit. I don't want to. Do and it'll be it'll be teared down. It'll be teared down. People will be like, no. And here's the facts. Whatever. I'll do that then. That's what I want. <laughs> want Stardust Crusaders. Um, <laughs> you, you just post on Reddit like smoky equals Abdul. Prove me wrong. And like, yeah. you're sitting at a college campus with a mug and, and a small get, pop-up table. And, and you get Change like everybody's, my mind. everybody's thesis. Um, so fucking, uh, yeah. So this guy's talking shit now, Mr. Double Right Hands. And it's the type of thing where this episode is extremely dependent on the whole manga time thing, right? Because you've got people who are talking shit right as they're about to be killed. Like, Polnareff is about to be stabbed by the hangman. He starts laughing, and then he goes into that huge speech back with when he kicks sand into the kid's uh, eye. Oh, and he, by the way, he says, when he kicks sand into that kid's eye before, he says, sorry, kid, I'll buy you a caramel. Just oh. like Jotaro, he does not pay off on buying the kid's sweets later. Oh, my God. So keep account of all the dogs. Who's the real villain? Keep account of all the vehicles the Stardust Crusaders destroy. And keep count of all the kids who never get their all sweets. The disappointed, destroyed children. They're that confectionaries. Will, they'll grow up to be fucking Jojo villains is what these kids are going to grow up to True, be. True, right. 
There's a flashback. He's like, I never got my caramel that day, but I did get an eye infection. <laughs> um, I don't think you can get that that well, way. Yeah, not from dust, unless the dust had like piss in it. <laughs> <laughs> you think you just get infections from being pissed on? I know for a fact. Oh, boy. Um, so the hangman is talking trash. And yeah, like I said, there's a lot of things where I'm like, why don't they just stab him? He's right there. Why did he even come out? He didn't need to do that. He could have just kept talking, but he, the hangman comes out, stabs Polnareff, and he throws a knife and hits him. And he then explains that guy you saw with the slash across his chest, that's just some random drifter. I just carved him up to have the same wound I do, um, which he didn't need to explain. I think they could have figured it out, but whatever. I certainly did. Okay. Um, he was like, you shouldn't have, uh, approached him without knowing my face. Ah, yeah. Um, and they're about to stab him up, but then he's like, yeah, calls over all these people and he's like, Hey, these two foreigners are going to give out money. And then these creepy stereotype caricatures yeah. of Indian people shuffle in. I don't even know if they are stereotypes because they're just too weird. Because they're both drawn weird in the OVA and this, I think it is something, I haven't looked at the panel, but I'm pretty sure Araki did draw them as a bunch of like creepy, basic, weird, flat characters. Because I guess the idea is that they're peasants or hobos or beggars, whatever you want to call it. And in that moment, they're like ghouls, the way they come out for money or whatever. But it does seem very classist and shitty. That it's just like it's true. Oh, mention money, and all these guys will annoy you. It's Poor like, people, am I right? Yeah. Um, I'm, and I also don't think too many poor people would really come out if they were. If someone yelled, "These guys will give you money," I don't know. But they also shuffle out and say dumb things that, again, don't need to be explained to the reader. Like they're going to give us money for nothing. Like we know what they think. <laughs> we know what they heard. I think that's just a Dire Straits reference. Money for nothing. Yeah. It was weird, though. I thought it was really weird when one of the beggars was like, I want TV. <laughs> and then that other villain was like, <laughs> you, know, you know when he accidentally palm mutes yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark I don't know Knopfler. what you guys are talking Best about. Best part of that song, I really don't care for the rest of Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. I used it on a podcast intro once. It's this awesome guitar riff, and he does this palm mute by accident, and the guitar goes like, and it's super cool. Um, it's a good guitarist. Yeah, and then the rest of the song, I'm like, eh, just get back to the guitar and get back to Sting yelling about MTV and falsetto. Um, so anyway. That's he, Sting? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so all these beggars come out, and they're like, you're going to give us money? And what is revealed then is because we know that eyes are reflective surfaces for the hangman to play in, we see this beam of light darting across all the beggars' eyes, and they're all looking at the two of them, Kakyo and Polnareff, because they think that they have money. So basically, Jay Guile is laughing because they can't possibly calculate where the hangman is going to be because he's in all these different eyes and he's able to jump around. He's jumping around and stabbing Polnareff. And I guess he figures they can't... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's slashing up Polnareff to the point where Polnareff looks like he... He kind of looks like Zangief, the way he has these like flat kind of scars on, on his body. But anyway. the scars disappear by the next step. Because they were pretty light. Uh, yeah, so Hangman is... Jake Isles taunting him by having Hangman slash at him, but it's like pretty low-level wounds. Um, and then I guess they're like, we can't kick dust in all their eyes, you know, whatever. Um, and we know what happens because we saw this already. Yeah, Polnareff is like, is like upset and he says something like, God damn it. But Kakyoin's like, no, in this situation, don't say God damn it. You say... My friend's Polnareff, and he's here to say it's fun to stab in a standish way. Whatever. Yeah. 
they take turns being the clever one. Yeah. The first Polnareff it's was the cute. clever one. I like and now Kakuin is the clever one. I like it, and I like seeing Kakuin get some action because he definitely gets outshadowed by Polnareff for being like a Joe bro. Uh, and I, I like Kakuin's manner of speaking and his commitment to facts and logic, even though it gets tossed out the window. And so Kakuin pulls out a gold coin, a very nice shiny coin, because I forgot what he what he does. I was like, does he just take out a coin? I was like, no, what if I they remember. don't all go for it? But it's like a very nice looking gold coin. And they all look at it, and Kakuin flings it into the air. He tells them, he's like, whoever catches this, what did he say? He whoever said, catches this gets to keep it. Yeah. Oh, whoever catches this gets to keep it. Something else he didn't have to say. Um, and he flings it into the air. And then this, I mean, I guess, yeah, because they look up, the hangman still could have chilled in one of their eyes if they were just facing, you know, up. Um, but again, I still think he could have stayed in the boys. He could have stayed in someone's eyes even if you kicked dust, right? He or, could. I think so. Well, I guess if they're... No, because if you close their eyes, you have to get out because then where would he be? Yeah. If we assume that eyelids create pitch blackness, mm-hmm. sure. Right. There's nothing um, to reflect. So he sees... Paul Nareff sees Hanged Man in one of the in some old man's eye. By the way, that would mean that every time they blink, the Hanged Man. Well, maybe he is jumping around because they're blinking. Yeah, but then the kid's eyes, whatever. So Paul Nareff sees that, uh, or no, someone kicks dust. Maybe Kakyoin kicks dust as he flings, flings the coin up in the air, and so all the dust starts to hit people's eyes, and they're going to have to close their eyes. And yeah, Paul Nareff spots uh, the Hanged Man jumping out of one man in particular's eye. And he slashes up because he they know it has to go to the coin, which is the other reflective thing. Although he could have also jumped into Kakuan and Polnareff's eyes. I well, think I he guess... kicks dust specifically at this one man's eye. Oh, when he spots who it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, okay. sees, he sees where it is, yeah. And he's looking up so he knows he's going to go up. Because they're all looking up so he can't jump into anybody else's eyes. Right, so he just right. kicks yeah, dust yeah, yeah. into the eye that he knows it's in. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Um, no. And then he slashes in between the guy's eye and the coin. And then we see that Hangman's face is split open, basically, yeah. as a big slash across his face. And then they approach the Hangman. Uh, I mean, they approach Jake Isle. And what does Jake Isle say? He says, oh, before Jake Isle said something like, your sister was pretty good at crying. Your sister was good at sobbing. Yeah, now they go, now you're pretty good at sobbing, Jake Isle. He says, you're going to be sobbing all the way down to hell. And I forget if Jake Isle says anything else, but Polnarf then straight up murders him true and it's great it's great to be like yeah kill this guy this guy sucks he checks all the boxes on being a piece of shit except for genocidists he doesn't do that necessarily but um he stabs the hell out of him he says he's gonna turn him into a pin cushion and then he stabs him and he says i've been waiting for this for five years then he stabs him through the tongue and then the guy kind of flies away and hits a fence i was like we're missing something he should have also hit him really hard Getting stabbed in the tongue doesn't do that to you. but um, Unless you're a cartoon. And you go, yeah, ouch. And you go right. flying. And your tongue goes all zigzaggy when you're yelling. Mm-hmm. He looks like his head's like come off. He's like upside down, like kind of hanging on the fence. And his and blood's just dripping. And they kind of censor that part. And oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch they that. They censor the, the head part. I think his head came off. Um, and I think maybe he was impaled on the fence. He's like stuck against the fence or impaled. We're not sure. And he's upside down. And then Polnareff says something. That is weird. He says, I'll let King Yama take care of the rest. Who's King Yama? Yama is the god of death in some Eastern religions, like old oh. Hindu traditions or Buddhist traditions. No, it's a local ref. It makes no sense, considering Polnareff has brazenly explained that he is not cultured and does not care about this shit. 
but he somehow <laughs> in the 1980s before the internet uh, knows about this Eastern God of death, which is basically keeping with the theme that when you fall into hell, which do we do that in like Western religion? You go down to hell, right? Metaphorically. Yeah. But do you fall? Right. You don't fall into hell. You just take the stairs. Satan fell. He fell from heaven. Yeah. Because that's high up. Yeah. Hey, we say like, did it hurt when you fell from heaven to hot babes? Yeah. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Yeah. I don't know how it, this, you're hot. You say, you say, hey, did it hurt? And the woman goes, what? And then you say, when you fell from heaven and then you get maced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she rolls her eyes and walks away. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I'm probably pushing it too much, but I just wonder if falling into hell, like there's a big descent towards hell, like it's not right under us. If I'm wondering if that's like an Eastern I think thing. you need to be dragged to hell. Like that uh, movie that's great? Yeah. Drag Me to Hell? Yeah. You hated that movie. We've it's, talked about it. It's a dumb movie. Last episode, we talked about Spider-Man and it's directed by the same guy and it's a good movie and we should rewatch it. I think you'll like it this Ugh, time. I will not. Well, with that attitude. We can rewatch it, but I will not like it. Yes. Um, So this guy is straight up murdered. What? Mark is going to force me to watch it. I didn't do anything. And force me to like it. I got better off dead on Blu-ray. We're watching that next. Okay, fine. Although I think you need to pick a movie in between. Me? Yeah, I don't think you've chosen yet. Okay. Remember where I pick a genre and then you pick the movie? Or I give you three genres and you give me three movies? Uh, One person person picks... A genre. So if yes. I say I want to watch a horror movie and then Mark picks three horror movies and then I pick one of those horror movies. So that right. way everybody watches something they want to see. This is how couples can pick movies when you're not sure what to watch. Hmm. You take turns picking the genre and then you say, well, here are three movies I want to see in that genre. That's and a good sis. I'm just basically explaining what Jackie said. But yes. now you know that we both understand it. <laughs> Because we can both explain it. Good maybe to know. Maybe you understood it when I said it, or maybe you understood it when Mark said it. But more likely you understood it when Jackie said it, <laughs> because it was pretty simple. Um, anyways, they walk away from this guy they just straight up murdered, uh, or we cut, yeah, we cut back and whole, ho- whole horse is waiting for them. He's been standing in the same spot. Whole horse caught up to them somehow. Did he? I thought they yeah. walked back into town. No, they looked like they were them. back in town. He said he caught up to them. Oh, okay. I thought. And he's like... Now we're going to kill you, me and Jay Guile. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Right. And, and they're like, oh, we killed Jay Guile. He's and like, no, like, th- th- this is not quite. I want to get specific here. Yeah, he's like, Whole horse right, goes Jay like, Guile? Well, yeah, he's like me and Jay Guile. And then he's like, right? And he shoots glass around them. Like he shoots his bullet and it breaks a bunch of windows. Almost like he's like, come on, wake up. Yeah. Um, which he shouldn't. By the way, if you're trying to be a menacing villain, don't reveal that you're like, <clears throat> like, don't do that. Figure out a way to like call it out again, but you know he very obviously can't reach them. And they're like, we don't think he can hear you. And then whole horse is in disbelief. He's like, I couldn't kill him. And they're like, yeah, well, there's two of us, and we we killed him. His dead body's out there. And whole horse is like, huh? And then he's like, anyway, I'll run away. No, he goes, oh, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he says, I'll go check it out. And he runs well, away from he, them. He like doesn't believe them at first, and they they take some convincing. And he's like, oi, 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 oi. Or something. He says, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, and then Polnareff does this thing where his head enters the frame. And he's like, are you really running away? Uh, Whole horse then explains. He's like, I don't stand a chance. I'm the type of guy who does best as a number two. Right. He's and talking about poo. He's, he likes being pooped. Um, I don't know why that was a uh, transitive past tense verb. <laughs> Whatever. 
Um, <laughs> like he likes being the thing that is no, no, no. He likes he likes being tired, like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura. In the, are you talking about the rhino scene again? Yeah. Can you please bring that up every episode now? <laughs> I will try. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens with that. Uh, so whole horse also it, one of the things he envisions is the time that he envisions two things. One is a time he's in like some alley shooting a man to death who's five feet away, and Jay Guile is next to him. And I'm like, what? What did you need here? Why did you need? Like, I understand you're up against stand users now. But if you're just shooting a human being in a street and the guy's like five feet away from you, I know they had to fit it all into one space. It's not about like he needs Jay Guile because otherwise he couldn't do it. It's he needs the companionship. Oh, okay. He can't be at his best without a friend. That might be it. And then the second thing they show is him meeting Dio and Enya. And that is drawn specifically for the anime. It is not in the manga. Um, not that important, but only a bit of trivia that they had on the JoJo Wiki. I so when you it. say that, do you, does that mean you consider it bullshit? No. I'm just saying I'm sorry I don't have anything really revelatory for you, but it's true. It's a there's a difference. Okay. Because you're mouthing right now that you think it's no, bullshit. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, so anyway, Whole Horus goes to run, but then he runs into a concrete wall uh, called he, Jotaro. He runs into a fist. He runs into a fist made out of granite. Uh, then on the other end of it is a stone teenager named Jotaro. So Whole Horus is knocked on his ass. And then we also see that Joseph and Abdul, just kidding... Uh, Joseph and Jotaro are there confronting him. So now Whole Horse is pretty much surrounded. Joseph reveals that they buried Abdul. Yeah. He says it, and then he winks at Kakyoin. <sighs> and Polnar's like, why did you wink? And he's like, never mind. Um, so they're looking at Whole Horse, and they're not sure what to do with him. They go, what should we do with him? And they're like, we already killed Jay Guile. But technically, it was Whole Horse's bullet that killed Abdul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Polnareff is like, then I shall send him to death. And nobody... Because we know what happens in the future. No one is like, well, Pulnarf, he didn't re- the bullet didn't, it didn't actually kill Abdul per se. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was bad. Nobody it, makes an effort to be like, maybe we should get information out of this guy. Yeah. Maybe we should hurt him badly, but not kill him, you yeah. know? Maybe think- you should stab him in the head, but not go into his brain. I don't know. Yeah. What about that? So anyway, Pulnarf goes to straight up kill this guy and nobody stops him. Except. Except. This teen girl. Right. The babe. How does she tackle Pulnarf? Really effectively. He's gotta. He's gotta have like 150 pounds on her. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. And I forget her. What? 150? I think he's much heavier than this girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh mean, yeah. 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 You're n- right. There's no way she should physically be able to move him. But she knocks him down and pins him down for a long amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And whole horse just gets to run away. Yeah. He gets on a horse. Mm. A whole. We got some horse on horse action here. Whole horse. What I don't get about this, and I think we talked about this during the OVA, is that there are four men surrounding whole horse while he's on the ground. Right. <laughs> and only this one girl. of them gets tackled by a girl. And and he manages to get to a horse and ride away without any of the other three doing anything. Right. It's not quite like... Kakyo and running away to start a truck engine. He had to run away and start a horse. Well, actually, that might be faster, especially if the horse didn't have that visor on its nose that prevents the sun from heating it up. Yeah, but he had to tame the horse as well. No, I think that he... He had to form a relationship with it, get it to trust him. Unless the horse inherently trusts him because his name is Horse. Ah, that's what it is. Interesting. 
<laughs> um, by the way, this character's name uh, is technically named Nina or Nana. We know I've I've been over in the OVA, but Nana is uh, the you know who Nana is. Yeah, you took German class. That's right. Because you, love I'm not going to say it. People have already people know because you love Germany. I do, and you love Germany's history. Yeah. Leave the uh, Germans alone. I agree with all of it. <laughs> They're going to win the World Cup. It's fine. Uh, Nina is a reference to the German singer who sang 99 Luftballons or 909 right? Yeah, speaking of the World Cup, why did Love leave Sané out of the World Cup team? What's up with that? It was a weird choice, right? You would think that, uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> um, what position does he play? Outfield or infield? Uh, left wing. Left wing? Mm-hmm. It's a position. He doesn't want socialism in his soccer team. Good point. Yeah, that joke's never been made. I bet. I I bet it hasn't. <laughs> anyway, um, and it, whatever. Uh, Whole horse is like, I'm running away because I love you. Yeah, and he keeps bye. Saying, he keeps saying baby in English, which I love. Baby. He says, doesn't he say something else right at the last thing before he says baby? He says like, oh fuck. He says something like gorgeous or feelings. I think you wrote it down, Miles. I watched you pull out your phone after he says it. I wrote down baby. Fuck. He says something else in, in like English that's really funny to me. Baby. <sighs> something else. Um, but here's a weird thing that happens now. Oh, right. Yeah. So the, the girl is now clung, clinging to Polnareff. He's calling her a bitch. He's calling her an ama, which we established means bitch. <laughs> or a woman who runs away to be a nun. But mostly, <laughs> mostly bitch. It's a derogatory word specifically... For women. I tried so. to make Jotaro look like not as bad a person, and Jackie was like, no. <laughs> Calling me on my bullshit. Um, Hello. Okay. Uh, so, Polnareff is like, get the fuck off me, and he's like trying to run towards Polnareff, but while, while dragging this woman who's clinging to him, he drags her elbow on the on the road, which scratches it, and she yells, and he's like, don't yell, and Joseph stops him, He's because like, he's going to hurt her, and he's like, just forget it. He's not going to attack us anymore. And he breaks out a bandage for Nina, this girl, who is a whole horse's lover. 99 Luftballons. 99 Luftballons. Some, some, some. Sing ich ein Lied für dich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he goes to tie the, uh, the tourniquet for this girl, but a bit of the blood from her wound jumps onto his arm, Joseph's arm, which is weird because you're like, what does this blood jump onto the arm for? And they then leave her. They walk away from her. And from her perspective, she watches the Stardust Crusaders walk away. And Miles, what happens? What would you describe? So the blood on Joseph's arm forms a little bit of like a zit, but with a little mouth on it. And it goes like, <laughs> Yeah, you had a, a visceral reaction to this. What? Um, since you saw the OVA, none of this happened. It was just a woman who tackled Polnar. What was your reaction here? What do you think is going to happen? Is it a flesh blood? Except it has more personality. Inter- interesting he, he said theory. Fe- flesh blood. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah, but he did it on purpose. I, I meant think. to say fesh bud. Oh. Ah. Um. Yeah. Were you like, I didn't see that coming, or did you? Did you know that was going to happen? One hundred percent. No, of course I didn't. Did know you that spot was it happen. coming a mile away? No. It's okay. If you think this show is predictable, you can say that you knew the blood from this young girl would turn no, into a mouth. Why would I know that was going to happen? It's obvious. Yeah, maybe to you, because you've seen it before. That's why. That's right. I read it and watched it. Mm. I guess it's not that obvious. This was a total shock to me. Uh, And it was just weird, because it made a little noise. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) why why did it do that? We both did it. (laughs) Um, Because you'll find out why. 
what if yo what if it's never explained (laughs) (laughs) what if that's just how zits work in this anime we've just never seen anybody get a zip before yeah blood turns into a zit as we all know was this written in the 80s uh yeah this was it's one of the few parts that's actually like modern times it might be the only one that's modern times no, that's not true. Part well, fuck it. Part eight is kind of modern time. Does JoJo's ever address the AIDS crisis? This mm-hmm. is actually it. Not I didn't want to, you know, spoil it for you. But this blood. Oh my god! I did see it coming. Then it's got AIDS. Um, and they just keep calling it the problem for a long time. The narrator never calls it what it is. Anyway, I'm just curious because it's the '80s. It's gay. I don't mm. know. If, was AIDS that big a deal in Japan? I don't know. Yeah, it might not have been. Good point. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the episode. And uh, I want to thank you, listener, for listening. Because you are a listener and you have to. Uh, If you were a writer, you would write. And if you want to be a writer, you can write to us at jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. If you want to write, but not a lot, you can tweet to us at jjbpod. If you want to help us out, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Just look up Jojo's Bizarre. And you can put podcasts if you want, and you'll find us. Also, give us a rating, which five stars only, please. And yeah, tell a friend if you like us. Put it, go to an anime convention and, and just tell people that look like they might like JoJo's. Do all of those things to make Mark feel better from being bullied by us. Right. I will patch myself up like Polnarf did. Send Mark encouraging notes no, you don't have in to email. Do that. It's fine. Please spit on me. Treat me like a dog. Good night, everyone. He likes it. (laughs) I just want to say before I die, goodbye.